Pregnancy Help Center. Rates of abortion in the country because of Wisconsin's right to life. Yes. So if you can help us out on this, amen. Amen. Neil's in need of uh, someone's help for an hour, and if there's more than one, I'm sure that would, we'd work it in. Mm-hmm. That's sure. not very long, one hour. It's not long. Okay. You want to talk about the mission trip? I would love to. There are okay. two mission trip meetings um, that are being planned. One is going to be on May 21st, and one's on uh, May 28th. If you are going to go on the summer youth mission trip, please plan on attending. Um, if you're unable to attend those, let Chuck know as soon as possible. Okay, now do you want to talk about tithes and offerings? I would love to. The tithes and offerings. Uh, <laughs> tithes and offerings can be given at the box at the back of the church. They can be put in a collection plate that if the men would come forward, will um, take up an offering. Um, or they can be mailed in or uh, made online. So are we doing an offering right now? Where are our offering fellers? They're, they're coming. Lord, we just thank you so much for this church, for the mission of this church. We thank you for the volunteers and the staff of this church. And Father, we thank you now for the blessing of uh, the offering and the ties that are being um, made here this morning. Let those just multiply under your grace. Father, we thank you and we give all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have church. Please stand and let's continue worship with the wonderful grace of Jesus.
are here is to praise the name of God. Let's keep that going. Let's sing to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who yielded his life and atoned me for sin. Oh 
that this time of communion would be a time of reflection, time for us to confess our sins to you and to remember all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Check, check, check. All right, there we go. Let's see if that works. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 29 says this. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. Again, in remembrance of me. We need that. We need that double reminder there. That we don't do it in reminder of ourselves. We do it in remembrance of him. What his body means to us. What his blood means to us. What his actions did for us. He continues on. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. You see, as we do this communion together, as we do this together, we are communing with God, we're communing with one another, but the very purpose of why we're doing it is to remember his actions. 
in remembrance of me as I just focused upon those words this week and just really meditated on this. And I do. I spend time every month trying to think through this in new ways. God, help me to think through this in new ways every time so that it doesn't just become ritualistic or routine. And I thought about this. God doesn't need the reminder. We do. We need reminded every month, every week, of just how far God goes for us. You see, the very same God that sent Jesus to the cross 2,000 years ago on our behalf to save us still every single day is within all of our lives. The difference is we have a helper now, which we have the Holy Spirit now. We have the helper now. In fact, today we're starting a new Sunday school series in the Life Studies group. Just two weeks. We only have a few weeks left. We're just going to be looking through a couple weeks of the Holy Spirit's names. Well, we have the Holy Spirit in our life now. A great helper, a great intercessor for us, a great equipper for us. All because of Jesus. We do this in remembrance of him. We do this remembering his body going to that cross. Perfect, sinless, blameless lamb of a body. We do this remembering his blood spilled. And we do it together. Remembering that he is always enough. I want to read that again. The Lord's Supper reminds us his grace is sufficient for whatever we're going through. It was enough 2,000 years ago. It's enough today as well. It's enough tomorrow. It's enough in the future. No matter how burdened you get by what's happening around us in the world, we can remember that we know the future. We know that God has a place reserved for us in his future. We know that Jesus has already been victorious over sin, over the grave, and over Satan's power. And again, that John Piper quote, The purpose of the Lord's Supper is to receive from Christ the nourishment and strength and hope and joy that come from feasting our souls on all that he has purchased for us on the cross. It's not because we're receiving anything new. We've already received it, and it's already been enough. It's that we're remembering it. God knew that we would need these reminders. That's why he commanded us to do this, and we do it together. Let's remember it together. I'm going to pray for the bread now. And then the men will help distribute it as we sing. Please bow your heads. Lord, we just thank you for this reminder. We thank you for knowing us so well. Lord, you're the God of all creation. And we need reminded to praise you and remember all that you do for us. All you did then, all you do today. We thank you, Lord, for even in creation, we're reminded of your greatness, of your love, of your grace, of your control over all things, of your sovereign reign. And Lord, right now, we thank you that you sent Jesus to die upon that cross for us. We thank you for his body being the blemishless, perfect lamb, sacrificial lamb that we needed. So we're no longer controlled by a works-based salvation system of the law. Lord, we're, we're saved through grace, through faith in you and Jesus alone. Thank you for sending your love for us, yet while we're still sinners, Thank you for still loving us every single day. Thank you for reserving for us a future place in your heaven and your new earth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for communing with us now and every day of our lives. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. I welcome you as we do this song. You're welcome to just sit there and just reflect upon the word. Just think about what Christ has done for us. If you want to sing, that's fine as well. But just think about what Christ has done for you. And are you remembering his sacrifice and that you're saved through him and him alone?
chapter 12 we read I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness Jesus is the one way to light the one way to life the one way to salvation we remember that today we remember that as we do this together let's now take the bread together As they continued in the meal, Jesus continued on with the cup. This cup is a new covenant, this new promise, this new contract between God and his people in an agreement confirmed with my blood, Jesus' blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink. And I love what Patrick said where God doesn't need remembering of this contract, of this promise he made. It's us that need to be reminded of the promise that God has for us and to follow him. And as we think of the cup, a couple weeks ago, uh, my son Titus had a birthday, and it was snowy and rainy, even though it was almost May, and we were planning on having that outside, but then we had nine, eight, and nine-year-olds inside of our house, and it was fun. But they were playing, they were running, and then it was time to eat, and Adrian got the, the hugs. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The little... You know, it's a lot of sugar with a little water mixed in, in a plastic thing. And they, they were, they chugged it down, and they're like, oh, I'm still thirsty. And I just kind of watched as, like, this pile of plastic containers just mounted up as they were just throwing them down. And when I think about when Jesus says, take this, take this cup, the world will give us little sips, but will leave us still thirsty. What Christ did is he took that cup and it is never going to end. It overflows with his mercy and his love for all of us. What Christ gave for us will not run out. What the world promises us will run dry and leave us wanting. But what Christ did for us, it overflows. It overflows with mercy that no matter how many hard situations we go through, God says, my mercy is still here for you. My love is still here for you. 
my forgiveness has not dried up for you. And that's what we remember today, the, the blood that Christ sacrificed for us, for his love, his mercy, and his grace to never run out on us, for it to never run dry. So that's what we remember today. Please pray with me. Dear Father God, thank you for your overflowing sacrifice for us. Thank you that it's not just for some of us, but it's for all of us. Thank you that it's not just enough to get us through some of life, but it is for every situation in life. And thank you for making a contract that you are here with us, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. And Lord, let us remember that and walk in obedience with you all the time. Thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. verse in that song where it says 
Indeed, I now find your power in thine alone. How often do we look for other things, try other ways, lean on our own understanding just to then fall back to God's grace, his mercy, and his love that's always there and is always true and always right. Let me pray for the cup, and then we'll take it together as a family. Father God, thank you for your mercy standing true, standing forever, standing fully for us. God, we repent of the times we turn away or we don't trust or we lean on our own understanding. God, I just pray that we seek you, and Lord, that we will see you and trust you and obey you. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. The men will collect as they walk back some of your cups if you want to stack them and pass them to the side. And if it doesn't get collected, you toss it in a trash can on your way out later. The children are dismissed to Children's Church, although I feel like on Communion Sundays, the Children's Church workers have a little bit easier. They don't have as much time to fill. And that's not saying for anyone to specifically look for those dates to sign up for. But it is a plea that if you are not serving here somewhere, we can always use help in the nurseries, the children's church service, and we can also use help for nursery during Sunday school hours. So maybe you don't want to miss the worship service, and I thank you for knowing that. But we do need your help, and it's a rotational basis, so please feel free to sign up. Only a few more weeks of Sunday school left, though, so maybe you can just say, next year, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win it. You know, as I saw that slide about standing before the throne of God, I thought about myself, and it's probably not an unknown fact that I often stick my foot in my mouth, and all of you probably do as well at different times. None of us are perfect, but I often say too much, or I often feel like I need to defend myself. Anybody here do that? Anybody feel like you need to defend yourself and maybe you have to have the last word? Maybe you feel like you're always right? Why are you laughing? <laughs> when we're standing before that cross, we're not having to defend ourselves. We're not having to argue. We're covered by Christ. We're covered by his blood. We're covered, covered by this new this new contract covenant what a great great thing what an amazing thing today we're we're continuing in this series of the wonder of god week four week four but to be honest i'm just going to introduce this series today because it's too much and it's too great of a message to try and cram in in such a small amount of time and to be honest this sermon started as a one-week thing and then I realized it was a two-week thing, and I split it into two. And now today, this morning, I'm even realizing now it's too great of a thing for two weeks. We're going to make it into three weeks. But here it is. You see, Jeremiah 10.6 says of God, There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. And that's why we're talking about the wonder of God. We're talking about his greatness. We're talking about of all the things which we admire of the world being so great and awe-inspiring, why, why are we not looking to the wonder of God? And we've talked now for three weeks before today about the attributes of God as these greatnesses of God are one of the awe-inspiring things of what makes him such a wonder. We started with looking to one of the greatest things for us to even try to imagine, and that's his sovereignty. If you missed it, go to our YouTube channel. Go back and watch that sermon. Specifically, listen to the scriptures. God is sovereign and in control of all things and uses all things for his ultimate purpose and glory. We then moved on to look to God's wisdom, God's holiness, God's love. And we talked about how all these things relate to us. But here for the next few weeks, and what I've been struggling with and writing and, and retyping, retyping, is we're going to take a few weeks within the series of the wonder of God and his attributes to look to God's word. For God's word is a wonder of the wonder of God. Why? Because God reveals himself to us in his word. 
God reveals himself to us in his word. So by all means, God's word is a wonder of the wonder of God. For within his word, we see him. We see him. We're going to be talking about something called divine revelation. And speaking of divine revelation, it simply means that God, being divine, reveals himself to us. And I love that one of the songs we sang this morning spoke of that very idea about God revealing himself to us. But specifically, it was talking about God revealing himself to us in creation. You cannot deny that there's a creator of the universe when you look at creation. We're going to talk just a little bit this morning about an introduction to what is divine revelation. And then we'll move into looking to the truthfulness and the trustworthiness of God's word. And then we'll talk about, in a few weeks, general revelation. That is meaning largely God revealing himself in nature, in creation. God has revealed himself and his knowledge to mankind through creation and through the word of God. This at its basic level is what divine revelation is all about, what it means, but it's separated into two different types of revelation. And that is one, as I spoke of a moment ago, general revelation, and two, special revelation. If you're taking notes today, I'm sorry, I did not make slides for you this morning, but number one, general revelation, and number two, special revelation. Special revelation refers to God speaking to and revealing himself to specific people at specific times. And this is especially true when we look to the word of God, when we look to the words compiled in what we know today as the Bible. God revealed himself to specific people at specific times and with specific words and thoughts to reveal himself to all of us today. This is but one reason why the Bible is so trustworthy. Because it was not created just by human minds and human hands. It was wrote by those human hands, proclaimed by those human voices, but only with inspiration by the divine God of all creation. You see, we have a great gift from God to mankind in the word. We have a great gift to, to mankind from God in looking to his creation. For not only do we have these instructions for life, but we have a God who reveals himself and wants to be known. What a great glory. What a, what a great gift that we have to be able to know that we don't have to question ourselves and wondering who is this God and, and what does he look like? What does he do? How is, what's he characterized by? For he reveals himself openly to us. God's word is divinely revealed and given for us to live by. What a blessing it is that we have the wonder of the word of God. But I think in America, we don't always see it as such a blessing because we have it everywhere. You know, I want to ask you something, and this isn't in my notes, but I'm curious. I'm largely going away from my notes now at this point anyways. How many of you have one Bible in your house? Raise your hands. It's okay. We can raise our hands in church. I was raising both of them earlier. How many of you have two Bibles in your, in your house? How many of you have three Bibles in your house? How many of you do think you have more than a handful of Bibles in your home? How many of those Bibles probably have a, at least a little bit of a layer of dust? Maybe not at all times. Maybe it's just sometimes. Maybe you're like most Americans and like myself, which maybe you're, it's an innocent confession that, well, you move between different Bibles. Sometimes you like that good old KJV. Sometimes you like the ESV because your, your preacher preaches out of it. Maybe you like the NIV sometimes. Maybe you, you sometimes look to the NLT, the New Living Translation, or the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. Maybe every once in a while you open up that 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 message Bible, just when you need a little bit of commentary, because it's not a Bible, it's a commentary. We can talk about that later. You see, in some ways, it's good that we have a handful of Bibles, because sometimes we struggle to understand the words, and we need to compare the different translations and do a little bit of study. That's okay. But what's not okay is how we in America largely, and I'm, 
I'm speaking to myself too. We largely in America take God's word for granted because it's so readily available that we think we can go to it at any time. Where I have personally seen and heard stories of people in other countries that do not let that Bible out of, that, out of their sight because it is such a treasure to them. I'll never forget reading a book of David Platt's Pastor David Platt, I can't remember the name of it right now, but Pastor Chuck's probably going to correct me later this week and remind me, where he went overseas, I think it was to Africa, to one of their church plants or churches they support on a missions trip, and he was going to preach at this church, he was going to speak at this church, and he had prepared this wonderful message, and he thought, I'm probably going a bit long And he got done with this message, it was probably like 45 minutes to an hour long, and he starts wrapping up his Bible, thinking everybody's going to leave, and everybody's just still sitting, staring at him. He's like, what are you doing? We're here for the weekend. We got a hotel. Okay, that's not true. They value the Word of God differently than us. You see, the Word of God is divinely inspired, divinely revealed, We see God in it. Let's not neglect this wonder of God of which we see in his given word. Let us not neglect the word, spending so much time following our hearts like Disney princesses or princes or like living a fairy tale life that we fail to be informed by the true source of all direction, knowledge, love, and power. I pause there because I think that does characterize a lot of our lives. We're constantly preached at by society to follow your heart. Do what makes you feel good. Do whatever your instincts tell you to do. But you know what? We have this sinful nature. And we need to understand and see God more and see his righteous way to live. And God freely makes that available to us in his word and in creation. R.C. Sproul once stated, Pastor R.C. Sproul, he says, Our calling isn't to follow our hearts. Our calling is to have our hearts informed and directed by the clear and plain teaching of the word of God. And then, and I underlined like two times, and then to follow and live by his clear teaching of which we have been blessed so richly by. It's a blessing to have his teaching so clearly displayed for us. But we don't look to it enough. Submitting ourselves to the word of God in this way is not only good, but it's just one of the basics of the Christian faith, one of which should be of a daily practice and by all followers of Christ. You know, we said with this communion table this morning that God knew we would need this reminder We don't need it just once a month. We don't need it just once a week on Sundays. We need it every day of of our lives. And that's why we have God's word. That's why it's been imprinted upon our hearts and our minds. That's why we memorize it. That's why we read it. That's why we preach it. That's why we sing it. Pastor Paul Washer once stated, Submitting our lives to the word of God is not radical Christianity. It's basic Christianity. Let me read that again. Pastor Paul Washer, submitting our lives to the word of God is not radical Christianity. It's basic Christianity. I've shared his name before. Pastor Paul Washer used to be a missionary overseas and he came back to the States and he was horrified to go to conferences of, and it was actually a youth conference that he has this I think YouTube called it the most powerful sermon ever preached to to youth. It's like an hour and 20 minutes long where he just convicts the youth and the teachers and the youth pastors, everything at this conference, of how we're singing these praises to God, yet we're not really taking him seriously. We're not taking his word seriously every single other day of the week. Let's not neglect the word of God, for God reveals himself, his nature, his being, his righteous ways to live in it. Divine revelation means that God reveals himself to us. And in speaking of divine revelation, God doesn't just do it in his word, but that's our first two weeks 
weeks what we're going to be focused on. God also does it in creation. You see, we needed God to reveal himself. For as one theologian and author states in a book on theology, he says this, because humans are finite and God is infinite, if they are to know God, that knowledge must come about by God himself taking the initiative to make himself known. God is so great, so infinite, that we could never dream to understand his fullness. The only way we can begin to understand him is by him putting himself on display for us. There is one way for the finite to understand the infinite God, and that is through him himself making himself known to us. That's what he does for us. That's what he does in his word. That's what he does in creation. Special revelation deals with God, specially revealing himself, supernaturally revealing himself to specific individuals, such as for the writing of his word compiled in the Bible. General revelation deals with God revealing himself in more general ways, such as in and through his creation. In Psalm 19, 1 through 4, we have a great support for this. Psalm 119, 1 through 4 says this, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and the words to the end of the world. You see, creation is evidence of a creator. Have you ever heard it, heard, it, um, heard it said about a watch? If you look at a watch and you look at all the gears inside, it's evidence that something had to put that together. If you look at creation, you know. You know something had to put it together. Creation, creation helps us to see that there is a creator. Creation also helps to support the truths of Scripture, for they go in hand in hand together. Creation also helps to show us how he cares for his creation and how he is in control of all things. Creation helps us to see his sovereignty and how he uses everything of creation to work together. But it also works for us. Romans 1.20 is another great support for divine revelation, which says this, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. You see, God's power and nature have been clearly revealed by himself to humanity for understanding and comprehension and in this that people might come to see his glory. I underline those two statements for understanding and comprehension and then to come to see his glory. God doesn't do all this for no reason. He's not, again, this God sitting up on his throne and just ruling with us, wanting us to just be living, bouncing into walls everywhere, living in darkness. No, he wants us to live in light. He wants us to understand and have comprehension of why he does what he does, at least to some degree, and how to live better lives filled with hope and wisdom and direction. I want to summarize divine revelation and general revelation this way. General revelation refers to God's self-manifestation through nature, history, and the inner being of the human person. You see, through God's revealing of himself through general and special revelation, within God's revelation to mankind, both men and women of all ages and background are able to come to know of God's existence and his redemptive plan for salvation. We're going to end with this this morning. I just want to read that Psalm 19, 1 to 4, one more time. As we begin to look to this wonder of God in his divine revelation to humanity. That is a wonder of God, such an awe-inspiring God, that wonder that the God of all creation reveals himself to us and wants us to understand and comprehend him. I want us to do this this week. I want to read this one more time, as I said, and my challenge to you is simple. Find somewhere to be alone with God this week and just look upon his creation. Kim, where are you at? Kim LaBuddy, are you in here? This isn't an excuse to go fishing. 
I said that, and he didn't raise his hand, so he might never heard it, so you can tell him. Maybe it is an excuse to go fishing, but that's what I want you to do. I just want you to go into creation and just spend some time alone with God, acknowledging that he can be seen in all things. Praise his name. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalm 119, 1-4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Praise the Lord, he reveals himself to sinful humanity. We know he exists, and we know of his redemptive plan. Nobody needs to live in darkness we can live in the light of Christ and with hope of life forevermore. Let's close in prayer and song now. Lord, we thank you for you have revealed yourself through creation and through your word. We thank you for the blessing we have in this. And Lord, as we look to this great truth of your word being trustworthy and true, Lord, we just pray for you to help convict us of not being so naive of the truth and the, the power that we have in our homes. May we dig into it more. And Lord, I'm preaching to myself too. May we dig into it more as families. Help us, Lord. Help us to understand your word and to obey your teachings and to look for how you reveal yourself every day. I think of, I think of our picnics a couple years ago, after church picnics and summers, and how every, every Sunday after church, we just asked, what God sightings have you done? Have you, have you seen in your life today? I think of how much our lives preach of politics or sports or our kids' happenings, our happenings, our hobbies. How often do we just talk about what we learned from your word or from, from re you revealing yourself? How much do we speak of how we've seen you these God sightings? How much do we speak of how amazed we are by your wonder? May we do these more. Lord, thank you for revealing yourself to us today in your word. Thank you for revealing yourself to us through your spirit. Thank you for all we have in you. May we lift you up in glory now. Amen. Please stand. Let's close in song.
Hebrews 4.12, many of you have memorized, says that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit and of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Psalm 119.105, one of those verses of Coach by Christ, which we all should know, refers to the Bible, God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Let's use the light. Let's use the sword. Let's go into the community. Go into to life and remember that God has revealed himself. He is within our lives. He's within the world. And he wants to be acknowledged and recognized. He wants a personal, intimate relationship with us. And he wants to guide us with his word and use his word to equip his people to do great things for him and his, for his glory. Pick up the sword. Use it. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for revealing yourself in it and in creation. And Lord, we just pray, help us to see you more. May we take off the blinders, Lord, and may we, may we just seek your forgiveness for not recognizing you and, and using your revelations, your words to us more appropriately in our everyday lives. Lord, we're sorry for taking it for granted. Thank you for continuing to teach us and show us the light, for never giving up on us. Thank you for the reminders we have in our everyday life, the God sighting. Thank you for the Holy Spirit working in our lives to convict and encourage and teach and to help us and to be an intercessory help too. Lord, we pray now for this week. May we see you and glorify you in all we do. Continue to work in our lives and make us more like Christ that you may be glorified and that people around us and around the world may come to know you. We pray for revival in this community. We pray for revival in the world, for people to see the light and the life of Christ. And it's in his holy, your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you.